So I felt a certain level of responsibility, like we created this problem. And so I was going to do my part and bring them in, educate them. A lot of them, you know, changed their minds and did get vaccines and all of that. And, you know, of course I couldn't sustain it in the long run because all the practices around me stopped taking anti-vaxxers. I was like, whoa, I was getting like 10 a day. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> right? But the reason why I did that in the beginning is because we were silent. Our voices need to be heard. People need to hear what we have to say. We do a great exam, a great you know, service in the exam room and stuff like that. But the truth of the matter is the social media universe has their ears, has their attention, and they're willing to listen. We need to be talking. We need we should be out there. Hello and hola friends. Welcome to the Medicine, Marriage, and Money podcast, the only podcast for dual physician couples who want to achieve marital interdependence and financial freedom together. In this podcast, you will learn how to show up as the best version of yourself so that you can love intentionally and build a stronger and more financially savvy relationship with your spouse. And I am your host, a physician mom, a doctor's wife, and a life coach, Dr. Kate Mangona. Welcome. Bienvenidos. Please help me welcome our guest on today's show of Medicine, Marriage, and Money, Dr. Neka Unachuku, affectionately known as Dr. Una. Dr. Una is a pediatrician and serial entrepreneur. She is the founder of EntreMD, a company designed to help doctors build profitable businesses so they can live life and practice on medicine on their own terms. She is the loving wife to a pastor and the strong mother of four children. Please help me welcome Dr. Una. Thank you so much for having me on here. This is a this is a special treat. I'm excited. Oh my gosh, you're, you're talking about that. This is like an incredible treat. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you reached out to me. So amazing that you're going on this book tour and so excited for my audience to get to know more about you. And first, you know, you and marriage and then you and your journey with medicine and then like now you're writing a book. Like this is a crazy big deal. So, let's just get started with where you know where you're living now and what that looks like with you and your husband. Yeah, so we're in um in Peachtree Corners is like outside of Atlanta. That's where we live with the with the littles. We've been here for about wow, uh 14 years or so. Love it. It's warm. Is the South people are nice. People call me ma'am, which is very different from New Jersey, where so crazy. I got cussed out by an 11 year old. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Oh my gosh. Was that where you were like in training and stuff? That's where I was in training in, in New Jersey. Um, but I primarily left because it was cold. I was just like, I'm not doing the 12 inches of snow. Um, I grew up in Nigeria where it's always hot. So I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Um, but this is where we live. Um, and it's really exciting times. Um, I have a great relationship with my husband. I homeschool my two older kids. So they're somewhere being quiet so that I can, I can record. Um, the two younger ones go to school. So I literally just came back from dropping them off. So it's kind of like, you know, that kind of life. That's where I am at this phase in my life. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that you homeschooled your two older children. Was that by like their choice? Um, or, and then your two younger ones just, how did you decide to do that? Well, 
Yeah, it's so I tend to I'm very um, adventurous with my life. Um, and which means I, you know, like if there's anything like this is not quite working the way I want to, I change it. Like, you know, so, uh, a, a year ago I, I sat down and thought, I was like, okay, my kids are in school. They're doing great. They're getting great grades, but I know that great grades are not enough. Like at this phase of my career, I know that. So I'm like, if they keep on this path of doing well in school and all of that, and then they're 20 and then they move out and they start their lives, would I, would I have equipped them? to be the best versions of themselves? Would I equip them to, ha- would I have equipped them to handle this thing called life? And I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know that that's enough. They need to learn about leadership. They need to learn about business. They need to learn how to manage money. Um, we're people of faith. I was like, I don't want to have a strong faith and my husband has a strong faith and they have no faith. And I was like, they're not getting any of that in school. I was like, so we'll do an experiment. I'll bring them home for a year and they'll do their academic thing. So they enrolled in a school online. But then for me, my work with them is business development, leadership development, home management, um, and then um, money management and faith. And I was like, we'll do that. And I expect they'll be more rounded, more prepared for the real world and stuff like that. And I was like, if it works, great. If it doesn't, they'll go back to private school. So, so far it's going really well. So I think we're leaning towards this. Okay, and so then your two younger ones, when they hit a certain age, you think you'll homeschool them as well? Well, by then I'll be done with this experiment, so I'll be in a better place to make a decision. <laughs> okay, no, one day at a time. I totally one, get one it. At a time. And, um, you know, the, old, the younger two are eight and six, and I'm really much better teaching the older ones. Like, I'm not going to teach them cursive and all this stuff. So I was just like, go there and let the teachers take care of it. And <laughs> okay, and, and is your husband, does your husband help with the homeschooling as well? Well, he, he does, um, but a lot of his things will be more like what would replace like physical activity camps, all those kind of things, and then the faith piece of it. And then he's he's the fun person who will take them shopping and all that. I, I don't like shopping, like not, not for groceries, not for clothes, not for anything. I have people in my life take care of that. I don't do shopping. So those kind of fun, let's go to the mall for a Saturday. They do that with daddy. I don't oh, do any wow. of that. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. So yeah, you, dif- you tag team different parts of business development, leadership, finance, spirituality. Okay. Faith. Totally. That's awesome. And when you met your husband, okay, take a little, first of all, just take us back. What did that look like? How did you know that you fell in love? So th- this will, this will sound strange. So it, it's, um, it, I, I treated marriage as a merger very not very romantic way of looking at it but that's the way i looked at it i was like okay if i meet somebody i have to go like pros and cons right does this work for me is this going to take me where i'm planning to go or is this a disaster going somewhere to happen so the emotional piece of it was there it was someone i liked um the build i liked the kind of person it was very driven Um, didn't have too much at the time, but it was very obvious. It was only a matter of time, right? So really driven, big dreams, big actions, that kind of person. Um, and you know, very sweet and tall. I'm five, three. So my non-negotiable was like, you have to be tall. I cannot explain this to my children that they're all five, two. Okay. (laughs) And that's just, that was just my thing. Okay. (laughs) That was my thing. And so tall, all of that, right. Dark and handsome, all of that. But was someone who was going somewhere. He had similar faiths. And he was somebody who seemed like he would be supportive of me being all of me. Because I think I'm unconventional in a way. 
right? And stuff like that. And so I, I did my pros and cons kind of list and I was like, okay, this looks like it'll work. Um, I don't think everybody, anybody ever knows a hundred percent, you know, but, um, but when, you know, between, I like him, he's really, he's really nice. And he has all these qualities that I was looking for. Um, I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. It's weird, but that's what I did. <laughs> that I know I've never heard of anybody say that yet, like a merger and, and that he, you know, he had to, to be going in the direction that I needed to be going. That is like a huge one. And being supportive of him being supportive of me and all of me because I feel like sometimes we date people and then like we hold back certain parts of ourselves that we don't like but uh you didn't do that no no well I mean like of course it's not like in dating you you put everything on on the table um but at the same time I was very clear like I'm you know I, I'm I'm a physician. I'm gonna work really long hours. I don't like cooking. Okay, so if you want someone who's gonna cook for you and all, like that's all. The, I'm not I'm not doing that. Um, and you know, like I'm I have these big dreams of what I want to do. I'm not gonna be the person who's just gonna sit. And there's nothing just about sitting at home and taking care of kids. I don't mean that in a way like that's something less. It's just that in all of my life, I felt like there are all these things I have to accomplish and I'm, I'm going to do them. You know what I mean? Like that kind of, yeah, because there are people like, so I, sometimes I use my sister as an example, cause we're complete opposite. We look exactly alike. Like when we worked in the same hospital, like, Oh, Dr. A. So I'm like, I'm not Dr. A. And they look at me like, I'm crazy. Like, why would you lie about who you are? You know what I mean? That like, we look exactly alike, but we're completely opposite. And so for her, she, she's a physician as well. She's a pediatrician as well. She's almost always worked part-time, almost always. And she just wants to be home. She's homeschooled her kids. Like her four-year-old, her five-year-old can read chapter books. She gardens. She makes their clothes. She would make outfits for the girls and matching bow ties for the guys. Like she, she's like, I want to be home. I don't care about all this stuff, right? I'm the direct opposite. And I was like, whoever I'm going to be with has to understand, like, I'm the opposite. It's not good or bad. No one is good or bad. It just is, you know. And so I think it's um, if you're looking for someone who will be at home and garden all of this stuff, the wrong girl. <laughs> not you. Not the girl. <laughs> so and then you said he is very driven, very ambitious. And so how do you guys make that work? Like, what is his typical day or week look like? And how do you what kind of systems do you have in place to make two highly driven successful people, you know, with four kids. <laughs> yeah. I, so, so the, the first thing is that we protect our relationship. Like we are aware that our relationship with each other and our relationship with our kids comes above everything we do. So we're not confused about it. Um, and so because of that, we schedule times to work on them. So for instance, we have a date night. We've had that. I wish I knew when we started, but it's been at least six years. And every Tuesday is date night, non-negotiable, doesn't move, um, except like randomly when I would be out of town, but it's not often that I'll be out of town on a Tuesday. Um, and so we have that. So that's our time. And we don't talk shop or anything like that. It's us. And so that's our time to make sure we're checking in, make sure we're okay, you know, that kind of stuff. And with the kids, we would on Monday, because we're not a eat at the 
table kind of family. We eat, everybody eats dinner wherever they are. And so on Monday we have family dinner and we make it a big deal. Like, so Monday night we're all together. We all eat, we make noise, act crazy, do all the stuff that we do. And on Sunday nights, um, we go up to my daughter's room. So the 13 year old, the first one, we go to her room and we all hang out there. Um, last, so today, the time of this recording is Monday. So yesterday we're there, we played um, songs from Encanto, we're dancing and recording. We got a game called Hot Seeds. We brought like, so what is one thing your parents don't know you do, but you do? Like all those kind of questions, right? Like if you like all those kind of things. So it, it's so much fun. We're able to bond. So even though we're so busy, we still make out time for the things that matter. And then between both of us, we're driven, but in different things. So um, he he's a primary driver for the church. He's a primary driver for our real estate, um, you know, investments and all of that stuff. I'm the primary driver for our, for my pediatric practice, Ivy League Pediatrics, and the primary driver for EntreMD. So even though we're all driven, we have space. You know what I mean? Like where, and then we come back and we're like, yeah, so what happened with your thing? And oh, what happened with your thing? You know what I mean? Like, but we're we're together and separate in a way so we have freedom to to own what we do be the visionaries we're supposed to be go accomplish great things and we're not getting each other's way again not that that's bad many people work together in the same business we're a couple but in as a couple but we work separately because our strengths are very different yeah now and tell me a little bit about so your pediatric practice because I mean, I've heard your story before, but maybe not all my listeners have. So tell me a little bit about when you knew in training or after what, oh, what you wanted to accomplish in pediatrics. Yeah, that, that was a great accident, okay? So that, <laughs> there was no when, – when I, when I was in training, I, don't, I never foresaw owning a practice. That thought never occurred to me, ever. And so, um, I, so I trained in New Jersey, like I told you. Flew out to Georgia because I knew I was going to move. Um, interviewed at this practice. It was a it was a solo practice, but it, it was set up interestingly. The the owner is a neonatologist, and so he didn't work in the practice because of conflicts of interest and all of that. So he hired doctors to work there. And so I interviewed there, cute little practice, all that stuff. I was like, great. So I took the job. We moved to we moved to Georgia. I'd worked there for about a year, and you know where we had ended up starting the church was about an hour away so i knew i was going to have to move anyway the commute was just ridiculous and so he offered me a five year contract after my first you know 8 months or so i was like dude because i was like i've done residency for 3 years i had been married for 3 years at the time i was like 5 years sounds like eternity like i can't sign that kind of contract but i was like but i'm going to move anyway so he's like, well, if you're going to move, start your own practice. I looked at him like he was nuts. I'm like, what do you mean start my own practice? Like, I am nine months out of residency. And in case you missed this very glorious bump here, I am very pregnant. Like, nobody starts a practice that way. And he's like, well, you're doing everything. Because, again, I was I was the only one there. He's like, you're doing everything that you would need to do to start a practice. If you, I'm happy to support you. I'm happy to answer any questions you have, but you should start your practice. I was like, whatever. And then a mentor of ours came and was like, you guys should start your practice. I'm like, what in the world? So we started looking, right? We started looking at places. I started studying, you know, private practices, what they offer, what their reviews look like. Because it's not like now, I can't go in a Facebook group and say, I'm thinking of starting a practice. There are no Facebook groups at this time, right? This is like 2009, right? And so eventually we did start the practice. Um, but what I noticed was 
I had enrolled in the school of hard knocks because I had, I, I was like, I will hang the shingle and it would be amazing. They will all come. I hung the shingle. They didn't come. They did not come. I was like, wait, you mean I need to do this marketing thing? I have to go talk to people. I have to ask OBGYNs to refer to me as an introverted introvert. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. But I signed a lease. I had signed all these contracts. I'd done all these things. And so I had to start embracing entrepreneurship. I was like, you're here you're here. You're, you have to figure it out. And for me, my thought process was there are people out there who have big practices, who are doing great things, who have great reviews and all that. And they have those practices because they're better than me. Right? Like I was static and they were static. So they were better. I was just not good. Suck it up. And then I heard Brian Tracy make a statement. He said, all business skills are learnable. This was so many years. This is 12 years ago, but I still remember it. It's like all business skills are learnable. And I'm like, well, that gives me a shot because I'm a physician. If there's anything I'm good at, it's learning that I'm good at. And then I started learning. How do you hire? How do you fire? How do you build company culture? How do you market? How do you do that? And started putting myself out there. And I was amazed because the practice thrived. And I started getting comfortable in all of that. And Really, that's that's was the seed of Entrem because I started thinking, I was like, how many Dr. Unas are out there floundering in business, like having the hardest time? And they think it's because I'm a doctor, I'm a one-trick pony, I can't do this business thing, I don't have a business education, I don't have an MBA. But to think that they're just one set of skills away from a practice, a business, a career that they love, right? And so that's kind of how I got into, into private practice. So my husband, who is, he's the one who was, you know, you know, went to get, you know, leases when we bought a building, you know, go after buying the building, all that. I didn't even touch it. I was like, I don't want to hear about a, burnt, a build out. I'm allergic to build outs. They give me hives. You guys just finished it and give me the keys. Um, you know, so he took care of all of that, acquiring heavy equipment, buying the beds, all those things. And then I just did all the, the running and, of it and all of that. So yeah, very, I never planned to own a practice ever. Okay. And yeah, and it sounds like your, so your husband just helped with, helped with a lot of things, whatever you didn't do, he kind of stepped in and helped do. Yeah. I'm mostly the heavy duty thing. So, so I am, I am a cultivator, Like right? I can take an idea and like a bulldog to a bone. I can sit with it for years till it becomes everything it can be. Right. My husband is the direct opposite. My husband, you tell him this is impossible. The more impossible it is, the more excited he gets. He's like, let's go crack it. Let's go break it. We can do it. But once he's conquered it, he's bored. So he doesn't want to hear about the day to day. He doesn't like, he has no interest in any of that. <laughs> he's like, it's impossible. Let's do it. That that's his thing. So that's kind of, so that's why we're, we're polar opposites. Like I can't, I love the day to day. He's like, mm-mm. Give me something impossible to do. I don't want to do the day today. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. Yeah, I've never thought about it like that. Okay, so yeah, you can take an idea and just like really dig dig deep and go go with it forever. And he's just like, okay, let me solve all the problems. And go away. Done. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. And so when you're talking about marketing, you know, I'm putting yourself out there and you're an introvert. You know, I hear a lot of doctors say that they won't, they, they hate social media, or if they do like social media, they're never going to put, they never want to post real time, or they don't want people to know where they are. They don't want people to know their children, their kids. They're really afraid of the wrong people, right? Finding their accounts and coming to like 
either take everything away, destroy them as a physician or ruin their children's lives. What do you think about all that? Well, so I, I actually, funny enough, think a lot of the same things. But the truth of the matter is this. You don't have to be on social media. You, the person. But your business persona, your doctor brand can 100% be on social media. So I'm on social media a lot. And I don't appear inauthentic because I'm there authentically. But it's me, the entrepreneur. Me, the mom, I don't show up on Facebook. Well, let me rephrase that. Me with my kids out there and all that. And there's nothing wrong with that. This is just me, the very private introverted introvert, right? And so I'm not going to say, oh, you know, look what Chidi did and blah, blah, blah. Most of the time, I'm not going to do that. There are very few pictures of my kids there. But I'm there a lot. But it's my business persona, right? So me, the entrepreneur, me who will come and talk about, you know, how doctors can become great entrepreneurs, why I think doctors make the best entrepreneurs, where I'll do some funny, like, you know, I have this alter person, uh, Dr. K, that I coach all the time on social media. So I'll put some statement that she made, like, Dr. Una, I don't think I'm consistent. And, you know, so I'll put like, Dr. K, I don't think I'm consistent than me, um, you know. How, yeah, how long have you been on Facebook? It's like 15 years. Are you there like every day? Yeah, I'm like, that's 5,400 days of consistency. I think you're pretty consistent. Go do your thing, right? So my thoughts are on, are on social media a lot, but it's my business persona, right? And so if you're a private person, you're entitled to be private. You can keep your private life private, right? But at the same time, there's so much you think about, talk about, do as a physician, as an entrepreneur, and all of that, that can be everywhere. But you're still private. So I'm still very private, but I'm on social media a lot. So you can have the best of both worlds. Okay, with your business thoughts. Okay, no, that's perfect. And like, what about, I mean, what about if people just like, they're so overwhelmed, they don't even know where to start. They're like, well, there's like 10 different social media outlets I could get on, should I get all of them at once? Or, you know, what's right for me? Yeah. So the thing about it is I'm a one at a time kind of person, right? Like if you think about the, the world, right? We tend to have babies one, one at a time. And, and when you have two, you're very clear that you're going to do twice the work. You're very clear. You're not saying, well, I have twins, but I'm only feeding every three hours for 30 minutes, right? I'm only changing a diaper. You don't do that. You're going to do twice the work. And so if you want to embrace something that seems overwhelming, one of the ways to live outside of overwhelm is to always ask yourself, where can I start from? Forget about the rest. Where can I start from? You see some people so overwhelmed. I don't know if I want to be a radiologist. Or I want to be a pediatrician. I want to be a family doctor. You're in pre-med. Your job is to do a good job in pre-med and get into med school. Like you don't have to worry about any of that. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, so with social media, you can pick one. Just pick one, start with that one, own that one, know the nuances of that one and all of that. And then you can start playing with other ones or you can start with one. And especially if you're an entrepreneur, you can monetize that. You can pay somebody else to repurpose it and put it everywhere else. But there's no need to think about being on 10 platforms at once, just own one. Okay. Yeah. No, that I found the same thing. I just, you start one, then two, and then things just become easier. And then you're like, oh, I, I need more. Like not until you reach that point, I need more. Like it's okay to just be on one, right? 
So, and, and a lot of times one is all it takes, right? Because in the beginning, when you start putting yourself out there, you really are trying to find your voice. You're trying to find what people resonate with and all that. So you're not actually very, very, very good in the beginning, right? So, so being on one allows you one own a platform. It allows you find out what your, your market or what your listeners really want. Um, it allows you find your voice. Um, and then when you show up on all the other platforms, you'll be so much better. So it's not as though you lost time by not being on them because you're actually preparing to do a better job on them. So just find one and really own it. And, and I think, you know, if you think about it, doctors, we have, we have, I mean, we have unbelievable expertise. We have the most fascinating stories. Think about how many shows are based on doctors, right? ER, The Residents, Grey's Anatomy, the, the whole nine yards, right? We have the most fascinating stories. And we, in an age where misinformation is at an all-time high, we have the right information. So I believe that it's a disservice for us not to be out there. I'll give you an example. As a pediatrician, for the longest, with open arms, I welcomed every family who was an anti-vaxxer family. I'm like, I'll see your kids. And the reason why I did that is I looked at it. I said, we are part of the problem because on social media, so this is not now, this is years ago, right? On social media, the anti-vaxxers were out there and loud and the doctors were all silent. Not every one of them, but for the most part, we were silent. So I want you to think about a mom who has a kid who's on social media, like all the doctors are, just like they weren't posting, right? And she's reading about this. She's watching videos of alleged vaccine injuries and all of these things. What do you think that mom is going to do? She's going to be terrified of vaccines. And not because she's bad, not because she doesn't believe in silence, but because the principle is the loudest voice wins. So I felt a certain level of responsibility, like we created this problem. And so I was going to do my part and bring them in, educate them. A lot of them, you know, changed their minds and did get vaccines and all of that. And, you know, of course I couldn't sustain in the long run because all the practices around me stopped taking anti-vaxxers. I was like, whoa, I was getting like 10 a day. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> right. But the reason why I did that in the beginning is because we were silent our voices need to be heard. People need to hear what we have to say. We do a great exam, a great you know, service in the exam room and stuff like that. But the truth of the matter is the social media universe has their ears, has their attention, and they're willing to listen. We need to be talking. We, need, we should be out there. Oh my gosh, 100%. We, yes, we need, we need to bring all of the right information to the table. I cannot agree more with that. Oh, thank goodness. Okay. So thank goodness we have people like you, Dr. Una to create hundreds of more people, which is why I'm so thankful for, for what you created and your, you know, your book before we talk about, you know, your book, let's just touch briefly on finances, household finances. And I know your husband does the real estate, his, um, the, the church and you do your business what about like just the regular household finances? And I'm sure you have people, right, who help you do things as well. What does that look like? Yeah, so people help me do things like, you know, running the home and stuff like that. Is that what you mean? No, like help you like maybe a CPA, bookkeeper. Oh, oh yeah. You have so okay. many different avenues, right? You've got the, you've got either 
the real estate, the church, your business, your practice, you've got a lot of stuff to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is the way we, we manage it. So we have, so we have salaries, right? And everybody has their salary. They do what, whatever they want to. I'll, I'll explain that. So we have the salaries that come in separately. We have a month, uh, a month, like a household budget type of thing. And that all goes into one account, right? So that goes into one account. Now, again, my husband is the free spirit. I'm the nerd. So I'm the one who do the budget and manage all of that. He's like, what? Just here, I transfer the money. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, that, and, and that's the thing. A lot of times nerds will attract free spirits. And so when your spouse, if your spouse is a free spirit and you're like, he won't sit in the budget meeting. I brought these 10 Excel spreadsheets. They don't want, they get hives when you talk about this Excel spreadsheet. So what I do is like, I'm like, this is the way it will be every single month. This is what it looks like. Look at it. Look at, this is the only time I'll show you. He looks at it. Yeah, this is great. Good. Okay. So just schedule these transfers from your account every month and we're golden. So we do not have monthly budget meetings because he's a free spirit. Okay. He's not doing that. So that's, so that's the way we do that. Then as far as the, the businesses, we have our, our goals are the same, right? So if we say we want to buy this number of properties, we want to give this amount away. We want to do all of that. We funnel all of the business stuff into one pocket where all those things get done. That's kind of the way that plays out. Um, we, we have the freedom to purchase stuff without really running it by each other, except it's a big purchase, right? Like, so if I was going to, if I was like, oh, I want to invest this and not necessarily like personal. So I said, oh, I wanted to get this coach and I'm going to, it's going to cost me 27,000. It's not like I need permission, but we have conversations, right? Like, yeah, it's found this person. I think this is who I want to work with, blah, blah, blah. This is how much it is. Wow. That's amazing. Go for it. Right. And stuff like that. So, so I know that, you know, it's not like as clean as a pals algorithm, but, but that's kind of the way that we run it. Then of course we have, we have a CPA and a bookkeeper because it's a lot of different moving parts. We couldn't possibly, um, manage it altogether, even though by training he is an accountant, but he, he doesn't, he's like, here, we pass it off to the accountant and she deals with putting everything together. No, I totally get the free spirit. I am the complete, the free spirit in the relationship. And oh, that's so, so, so I got you right. Yeah. You don't make the free spirit attend to me. We're just like, here, you have to attend one meeting so we can discuss this is the way it will be. And then after that, you're free to be free, like fly on. Exactly. And if we have our discretionary funds where I can just spend whatever I want from this, but everything else we hide into investments, yeah. then, then I don't have to think about it. You know, I just know which money is mine to, to spend on clothing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. Well, that's awesome. So now let's talk about your book. Like, why do we, why are we going to go run? To, uh, because it's not out. Is it, wait, is it out yet? Can we buy it yet? March 1st. Okay. March 1st. Yeah. Tell us. Yeah. So my, my concept behind the book, I, I have, I've had a number of ways of taking, um, of helping doctors, right. Cause this is my legacy play. I'm like, you know, I've done, I, I've run my practice for the last 12 years. I've run on TRMD, but my, what I want to do really is to help doctors figure out how to build profitable businesses so they can practice on their terms, live life on their terms. Because if you think about it, we gave up over a decade of our lives to become physicians. And granted, we didn't do it for money, right? We did it because we wanted to help people. But there's, there is such a thing as a return on investment, 
right? And we should have that. We went into multiple six-figure debt to get said education, to help people. So to do all of that and have loss of autonomy and have 80% of said people you know, talking about being burnt out, 78 would not rec- 78% would not recommend that anybody becomes a physician. That's insane. And when we say the percentages, it sounds like, wow, that's bad. When you do the math, there are a million physicians. So you're saying 800,000 physicians say they're burnt out? Like that is in, that is beyond insane. 780,000 people who are the healers in one country will not advise other people to become healers? Then what happens, right? Like when you do the, when you do the math, it's so insane. And so I was like, how, how can I get a, a, a roadmap into the hands of physicians? Because when you talk about this, like I'm going to go get an MBA. Oh my gosh, we already have $250,000 in student loan. And, and, and you know what I mean? Like, come on. And we don't have another two years. Like this, this pinches, this hurts right now. I'm like, what is the roadmap that any physician can take and go from either, I don't, because for me, I knew I wanted more. I didn't know what more was, right? And so maybe you're just like, there has to be more, right? What roadmap can I give this person so they can go from, there has to be more to profitable business? What roadmap can I give a physician who started a business, whether it's a private practice or a coaching practice or whatever, and they're like, this is not working. They're like me. They hung the shingle and nobody's coming, right? That it can take them from that point to profitable business. What is a roadmap that somebody who is already thriving um, can have that these are timeless principles, they're algorithm proof, all of that, that you can take this and go from, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in cruise control. So I made it bigger, right? And I put, so that's what I wanted to create. And I was like, you know, you can have this, you know, it's $15.99, I think something like that. So this is your $16 MBA. This will set you up, right? This will set you, put you on your way. And so in the book, I talk about the problem that we're facing the physician community because believe it or not, some people think, oh yeah, I see that it's happening, but I'm okay. I don't say that. The taxi industry said that when Uber showed up, where are they now? Right? Blockbuster said that when Netflix showed up, where's Netflix now? Don't say that. This is a problem. We have a problem. We need to adjust. Right? And so, so I talk about the problems we have now, not for long, because it's all about the solution. Talk about the mindset shifts we have to have, right? Things like I'm a one trick pony, being afraid of failure, being afraid of success, right? Um, I, t- I talk about those things, being comfortable, being uncomfortable because, right. It's like, those are, those are those things. Selling is unprofessional because it is professional. You just have to do it professionally. <laughs> right. So I talk about those mindset things. I talk about the habits of the ultra successful and then the nitty gritty. Like how do I go from best kept secret to household name? What, what do I need to do? How do I get my message out? But how do I even find out what business I can do, right? And all of those things. So I put I put that there because I'm like, my goal is the mass business education of physicians. So they say, well, we didn't get a business training. Now, now we get a business training, okay? It doesn't cost you an arm and leg. And we can do that because what happens is once we learn the skills, once we apply them so we become an example, and we share it with other physicians, what we're doing is we're creating a movement, a tsunami of change, right? Because granted, oh, this sucks and all of that. There's a million of it, 
And I've studied movements and I found out that if you can get 10% of the people to buy into an ideology, you topple the culture. You topple what is prevailing. So that means if we can get 100,000 doctors to embody this, to rise above the system, right? Then we topple everything. And then we can get back to that place where doctors enjoy their jobs. Doctors enjoy their careers and they're like, yeah, you should be a doctor is the most amazing thing where we can walk away from 80% of physicians being burned out. We can walk away from that. It doesn't have to be that way where we can have financial freedom. I mean, think about it. They call our salaries golden handcuffs. They actually call it that, right? Like, so we need to have financial freedom in the middle of a pandemic. Imagine in the middle of a medical crisis greater than anything we've ever seen, doctors being laid off and collecting unemployment checks. So that's why when I started the book, my statement was this, the Calvary is not coming, right? Because people say, oh, the AMA should, the AAP should, the, you know, the government should. The Calvary is not coming. Calvary is here. The Calvary is us. We're the ones. We're the ones that are going to fix this. So that's a mouthful. But that's why I wrote the book. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So that just that last minute and 10 seconds I was to keeping track. That last minute and 10 seconds was like golden. That was okay. If you guys need to listen to that snippet again, <laughs> that was, yeah, the time is now and it's us and we're going to have to be the answer, right? We're not waiting for somebody else to come and fix it. And for $16, you know, I, I think that's a very cost effective way of doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing about, you know, you and your hobby and your kids. And I can't wait to, to learn more about this social experiment you're doing at home and what's going to happen to your youngest two kids and Entree MD in the book, March 1st. And if people want to reach out to you now, how can they do that? Yeah. So, um, so my website will kind of be the hub. So it's Entree MD entremd.com and um you know from there you get information about the podcast so you know you listen to a podcast a podcast by the same name entremd um i have a facebook group um you, you know free facebook group people can join it from there and can find me on social media and I, i'm a i'm a i act like a millennial even though i'm not um so yes i'm all into dms and pms and, and the whole nine yards <laughs> <laughs> yay well thank you so much dr una for coming on i appreciate all your time i know your time is super valuable so very honored for you to thank be on you my so show much today. for having me you're a total boss so i'm honored i got to be on your podcast What an amazing episode with Dr. Una. So honored to have her as a guest on my show as I have known and loved her for, oh my gosh, I'm saying at least two years now. I've known about her at least for two years. I think she's um, been around much longer than that. Well, obviously been around much longer than that, but so honored to have her. So let's go over the three big take-home points from Dr. Una. And just so you guys know, we did record this on Valentine's Day, even though this will come out a month later. So if you're re-listening to this, let's treat today like Valentine's Day for yourself. So love yourself. Give yourself some extra love today. Number one, be intentional about spending time with yourself, your spouse, and your family. Be intentional. And what Dr. Una taught us 
is that it's okay to put things on the calendar. Hey, every Tuesday night is date night, just me and the honey. Every Monday night is family dinner night because her family doesn't always get to, well, rarely gets to eat dinner together at the table because they're probably in a million different directions and that's okay. It's okay, but at least they know that one day a week, they're gonna all see each other for dinner. They're gonna all sit down and eat together. And every Sunday night, they just hang out and have fun. Might not about be about uh, food or you know what what they're gonna do or talk about. They're gonna figure it out. They're gonna go up to their girl's bedroom, hang out, sing, dance, bring the board games, bring the questions. It's gonna be a family time. And that is three days a week, y'all. Three days a week that they make and they schedule intentionally in their lives for family, not for work not for business, as successful as both her and her husband are, not only running a successful pediatric practice, but also teaching other physicians how to become entrepreneurs, her husband running a church, running a business himself, and also in charge of all the real estate, in charge of all those assets for the family. I mean, that's a lot, that seems like a lot. They still make time for three days a week for the family. How beautiful is that? Be intentional about who you are spending your time with. Number two, own the strengths and weaknesses of your spouse as much as you own your own. Own the strengths and weaknesses of your spouse. Own and accept, I should say, as much as you own and accept your own. Now, if you noticed what was amazing about the relationship between Dr. Una and her husband was that she knows what his strengths and his weaknesses are. And she's not going to wish he had strengths and something else. She's not going to wish he could come to their money date nights or even have money date nights with spreadsheets. She's going to tell him they're going to have the same shared goals and values, which sounds like they do. Family, spirituality, faith, yet they have different paths of getting there. And, you know, she's in charge of the spreadsheets. She owns that. That's her jam. And he, he goes in and tackles the big problems. He wants the impossible task so he can go do it. Whereas Dr. Uno will sit there with a thought and carry it in day in and day out and make it better. He will go for the hunt make it happen, make it come true, and then turn it over to her to nurture it, to grow it, to whatever their goal for that day or for that year may happen to be. And even though he's the free spirit and she's the nerd, (laughs) they're able to divide and conquer when it comes to creating the life that they both want to live without blame for one another without regret or resentment that the other person can't be like them. Number three, if you are feeling stuck or unhappy or unsuccessful in any area of your life, whether it be at home, at work in the hospital, in your clinic, in a a separate business you might have, guess what? It's not about the resources because they're out there. Tap into your resourcefulness. 
you are stuck, unhappy, or feeling unsuccessful, pick up a book, listen to a podcast, hire a coach, talk to somebody who knows more than you in that area. Talk to somebody who's ahead, somebody you look up to, somebody you admire, somebody you want to become, and listen to what they have to say. Life is all about different experiments, right? It's not about succeeding at the first attempt. I am always saying that, you know, being a mother to my third child is much easier than it was being a mother the first time around to my first child. Even though I've loved every single baby, oh my gosh, I can't even tell you how much I love hugging them, squeezing their little, their little cute arms, their legs. But it was hard. It was hard going through that first time when their personality came out. They became, they became focused on their own ego, what they wanted, right? Their toddler years. That was so hard for me. You know what I did? I started listening to unconscious, I mean, not not unconscious, conscious parenting. I started talking to other parenting coaches. I started getting coaching on parenting. Started hanging around people who were supportive of me as being a physician mother, an entrepreneur, a working mother, okay? And I stopped things that just weren't helpful. I said no to the things that weren't clearly aligned with my goals of becoming the best mother, the best wife, the best best friend to myself, as well as continuing to succeed at pediatric radiology, at podcasting, at coaching women who want to argue less, love more, and invest smarter. So if you're feeling stuck or unhappy or unsuccessful at any avenue in your life, There is somebody out there who wants to help you. So go find them. And I hope you walk away asking yourself, how can my brand become a household name? How can my name, how can my physician brand, my real estate brand become a household name? How can I show up authentically on social media? in a way that aligns with my goals and values. Because I need to be out there. I need to be out there just as much as all the haters are. If just as much and more than the anti-vaxxers are. More, 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 more. I need to show the love, show the positivity, show the real, the raw, the unfiltered me and my brand. Show them what doctors really do. Show what healthcare really is. How can I support my spouse fully as they are without even wanting to change one thing about them, the things that I'm not exactly happy about? How can I support them fully as they are? And that is it, my friends. Go spread love into this world. Share this episode with your friends because I assure you they are going to get infinite returns after listening to Dr. Una and her speak about her business and her family life. Please reach out to me 
If you are feeling stuck, if you are feeling unhappy, if you need more love and appreciation, and if you feel like you're endlessly fighting with your spouse or at your job, if you want to love more, if you want to invest smarter, come speak with me. I will show you the way. And share this, share this episode on social media so that at least one other person can benefit from it the way you are. We are creating a tsunami of change, my friends. A tsunami of change of how physicians are living and showing up in this world to create a healthcare, to practice medicine on the terms we went to medical school in order to practice medicine. Thank you so much, my friends. So much love to you and your spouse. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional, medical, or financial advice. The opinions provided on this podcast are those of myself or the invited guest alone. They do not represent the opinions of any particular institution. Always seek the advice of your physician or financial advisor with any questions you may have of a medical condition or financial plan. This is for your entertainment only.